This is the EdTech Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. sitting there with a pen and paper. Virtual reality is an interesting medium where students can access a wide range of content. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the EdTech Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Kids using technology in the classroom has become a contentious topic for the last few years. People ask the question, is it distracting? How do you use it with intentionality? Is it worth the investment? And regardless of education professionals' opinions on either side of that spectrum, technology is in the classroom, and it's creating opportunities to personalize education, creating more time for one-on-one instruction. And as this trend grows, we need to ask the question, how should schools physically manage the space that these devices take up? How does this play into decisions for what laptops or tablets to use? And how is this trend leaking its way from the education space into the corporate world as well? Our guest today is giving us the answers. I'd like to welcome Chrissy Allard, Marketing Director at Powergistics. Chrissy, great to have you on. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, this is a trend that I saw right as I started to graduate high school. Um, I remember it was a big thing at my school. As soon as I left, uh, we got the news, oh, starting next year, all freshmen are going to have their own MacBooks. I remember being super, (laughs) super jealous of that. It's like, wow, I wish I had my own MacBook when I was going through high school. But, you know, it's something that cropped up not too long ago and now is a standard. My sister is going through high school and all four years, she's going to have her own device. Um, Not only is she using it in the classroom, but she's now able to take it home. And every student, and we're talking a 3,000 plus uh, student high school, a part of a larger district, they all have their own device. Um, That is a lot to manage, and it creates a lot of logistical issues. Um, So before we get into those issues, I guess I wanted to ask, are you seeing that trend um, in your area and just worldwide, or at least nationwide? Are you seeing more and more schools adopt laptops and tablets into instruction time? Yeah, there's definitely a huge movement underway in K-12 education and in businesses everywhere. Mobile devices are just becoming more and more prevalent and providing solutions and connectivity with data and Education, obviously, kids love technology, so it's helping keep them engaged. And why do you think it's really starting to take off? Do you think it's because the technology is more accessible for the school districts, or do you think it's it's more of a necessity? The students are, are demanding more of it, or or the educators need more assistance to get to that one-on-one instruction? You know, what what is really motivating this uh, this trend? I think uh, enhancing the classroom experience with education technology is definitely a big trend right now. Um, The field of education is exploding with new forms of technology that can empower students of all backgrounds to learn and help teachers make a greater impact. They can learn at their own pace. Teachers can implement curriculum that is geared towards students that are advanced and a little behind to where they can also go at their own pace, which I think is a huge um, benefit to all students. Yeah, and from a gamification perspective, too, I mean, students n- know their way around a tablet or a laptop, obviously. Uh, you know, they, they're familiar with touchscreen technology. They like it. It's intuitive to them. And they like playing games on their iPads and their, uh, you know, Surface tablets or, or whatever it is we're using here. Um, 
that goes a long way in the classroom too. Uh, you know, giving them ways to learn that feel like a game and that are part of a larger curriculum, that's all being empowered by the technology, I'd think. Yeah, and I think educators today are faced with the challenge of how they teach to keep up with the increasingly digital world and keeping their students motivated and learning. So by embracing these modern ed tech solutions, they can personalize the learning and obviously keep them engaged by creating hands-on activities and collaboration. And I think we all know the importance of supporting teachers and the administrators through that journey and knowing that, you know, they don't have a ton of time on their hands, but they're also obligated to kind of keep up with the trends that we're all facing in the world. Yeah. Well, I'd also say for a long time, the trend was get kids off their phones while they're at school, do everything possible to keep technology uh, away from them while they're in the classroom because it's distracting. And I think uh, educators, administrators at the local level and at the federal level um, and everywhere in between have realized that, you know, it's kind of impossible to get students away from their phones or from devices. So instead, let's find ways to get them to engage with those devices, whether it's their own device or what we're focusing on today, which is devices provided by the district. You know, let's find ways to engage them with that in a productive way because they already want to engage with them. So why not find a way to, to bring it into the curriculum in a way that actually works? Yeah, definitely. How are you seeing teachers respond to this trend? Are they enjoying using technology as part of the curriculum? Yeah, I think I think that there's probably people that would err on both sides of that. You know, they're the ones that gravitate towards it and find it easy to implement. But then there's also ones that I think feel it, that there are several hurdles. You know, when you're implementing this technology into the classroom, there can be hurdles of, you know, managing the devices and making sure that they're returned. And so those problems need resolutions. And so I think the teachers, they like the fact that it can bring up engagement in the classroom and it also can bring the world to the students' fingertips. You know, they're able to access anything from the internet and all of those um, can outweigh the pain points that we've witnessed with our customers. But I think also supporting them and providing some insight to solutions that they've shared, whether it's, you know, inventory of devices at the end of the day and, you know, untangling cords and making sure that everything's charged and ready to go for the next day. I think just managing the the actual technology and deployment of it can be a pain point. But once we have resolutions for those problems, I think that the integration of technology in the classroom, you know, definitely outweighs the pain points. And I want to get into those pain points, but you got me thinking on um, on why this trend is going in the direction of um, districts providing devices for every student. Um you know, when, when you look at the workplace, there's been a big trend for BYOD, people bringing their own devices to work and bringing them home. Uh, we are still seeing that in school districts and the fact that uh, districts assign out, like I said, you know, my sister has her own MacBook. She's 14. Now she gets to take her MacBook home and that's her device. Um, why aren't you seeing, or I guess, why, why do you think we're not seeing schools embrace more of, hey, let's utilize your phone or let's utilize the device you already have on you as the device that we use during instruction time? Um, are there logistical um, issues that go into maybe the security or the management or the efficiency of students having their own device that they're using in the classroom? And so that's putting more emphasis on districts making the investment to buy a tablet for everyone? I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, not everybody comes from the same background and 
they also don't have the same um, access to technology at home and at school. So I think like the top five reasons why one-to-one technology initiatives are being um, implemented is it equalizes the student's access to the technology. So you're you're creating a barrier-free playing field for that. You know, they all will have the same access. And then increasing the engagement for students and teachers and then customizing and differentiating the learning that they can have and then actually better preparing students for college and the careers within that, everybody is going to eventually cross paths with technology. So making sure that everybody kind of knows how to use it. I equivalent it to, um, remember typewriting class? I don't know how old you are, but we had type typing classes, you know, and how yeah. many words per minute you could type. And, and it's funny to just watch how things evolve. And so I think making sure that students have the same access to technology and also the same device, I think, is really important because I think we all know that, you know, not all devices are created equal. So just making sure that it's like a level playing field for each student and that they're all able to access the same technology. Yeah, you bringing up typing class brings me back to dark times. <laughs> I was, uh, I always struggled with where to put my fingers on the keyboard. I always figured, why can't I just do it my way? So that was, <laughs> that was always fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you mean. There is a, a definitive push to get students more comfortable with technology while they're in the classroom, mostly because they're they're pretty comfortable with it at home already. But like you said, not everyone has the same access to this technology. And if they do go off to college or even if they go straight from high school into a, a trade, they're probably going to be using that technology there. Um, most jobs now require you to have some kind of basic understanding of current IT and how tech works, even just from a user standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, it really is up to the schools to get them acclimated with that. So, again, let, let's kind of uh, summarize where we're at right now. We're seeing that technology is really useful in the classroom because it takes a lot of stress off the teacher and allows more one-on-one personalized education. And we're also seeing more of a push for these schools to provide a device for everyone, whether it's one-to-one, one device per student, or it's a device for the classroom that then, you know, gets shuffled around, mostly because not every student has the same access to the technology and probably because it's easier to manage from an IT perspective um, and a a general investment on that technology. So now we need to see how do we overcome the logistical issues that come with investing in hundreds or thousands of devices for a school and then doubling, tripling that for the entire district. Um, You know, I'd say the main issues are probably around time, around space, like you said. I mean, detangling cords like that alone probably takes several minutes and hours when you start to um, add them all up. So let's break down what those main issues are that come from bringing these devices to the classroom. Yeah, some of our um, more successful customers with deploying district-wide device deployments have been, um, the planning stage has been heavily thought thought through. And so a lot of them have to, you know, create the infrastructure of that implementation to where they're, you know, getting together with teachers and parents and students and having them kind of assess the current needs and then also test drive some of these devices. So choosing the device is probably the first thing that they think of. And then they roll that into an evaluation period and then selecting the device and then also dealing with the storage and evaluating the storage and charging of them. 
there's a lot of issues that can be run into with um, different storage device solutions. You always think about, um, okay, we got the device all selected, but now how are we going to manage that technology? And I think those are where the hurdles come in because it's it shouldn't be an afterthought because there are a lot of solutions out there that can help you overcome the obstacles that you would daily waste or you would waste time daily doing, you know, like untangling cords, counting devices, and also making it easy for the deployment and the actual use of the devices within the classroom. How much time does that really take to manage all those devices as a teacher? You know, when when you when you start to add it all up. Yeah, when when I've talked to most of the teachers, you know, they'll say that they can spend up to a half an hour every day either making sure that at the beginning of um, the classroom, they're all ready to go. And then it's mostly at the end of the day after, you know, you have that student factor of did they plug them in? Did they put um, them back? And have we, do we have like spaghetti cables in there? And so I know a lot of teachers, you know, the pain points are, you know, digging into a cart that you can't see into. It's a lot to manage when you have 30 devices all in one area. Um, And the bottlenecks that end up happening during deployment of these devices can create, you know, time that's wasted that's not used for, you know, the reason why we're in school, which is education, you know, time that they're spent teaching. So we really can help them gain hours in the classroom by eliminating some of these things and increase the instructor productivity and also making sure that instructional time is not wasted. And then the literal space itself uh, you know, if there isn't a dedicated area where these devices need to go, um, you know, I'm sure any sort of makeshift or temporary solutions will only exacerbate the problem. How do you see teachers or districts as a whole try to organize these devices when there isn't a, a charging station or there isn't something that's set in stone where, where people need to plug in the devices and, and leave them overnight? How does that create more issues? Well, I think that we all can agree that space is at a premium anywhere you're at. You know, the classroom doesn't have a lot of, you know, countertop space. It's usually a cluttered area, you know, and not to anyone's fault. It's just that, you know, class sizes are getting larger and, you know, there's more um, things in a classroom. And so by creating a solution that um, can have everything centralized and kind of neat and tidy. And I think we all know that, you know, everything that has a place tends to, you know, create a routine with students and to where they know, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to grab my Chromebook from here. And it just, it's almost, it turns into repetition and it just gets to be a well-oiled machine. We've seen some teachers use dish racks and we've seen some people use actual file, paper files, which is crazy because that's a big fire hazard. But, um, and you know, having the power strips and all of that all over and rotating the charging of the Chromebooks it just creates another task for a teacher to manage. And I mean, we all know that they do not have a lot of free time. So I think um, definitely having a central location and making sure that everything's neat and tidy and, you know, you set it and forget it and you don't have to deal with, you know, the student factor, as we call it, where it's, you know, you're constantly checking things and replugging things in and counting things and making sure that, you know, John brought his laptop back and, Everything's inventoried, per se. Right. Classic John. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the money aspect of it, too, is pretty essential Um, because clearly these devices are expensive. And when a school district invests in 
in tablets or laptops that are going to be deployed for an entire district, uh, that's a, a big chunk of change. And it's not like school districts have money to spare. So these investments need to last. And if the devices aren't taken care of, well, then it's a, it's a waste of money. Um, how have you seen a, a lack of dedicated uh, security and charging solutions for devices impact um, just the, the survivability of these devices? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. I think a lot of people think that devices go missing at night, you know, when people aren't there. But devices really just go missing during the day, you know, when there's so much hustle and bustle that people can't keep track of things. And it's not easy to just look across the room and count the devices with a glance. You know, actually having um, an open concept helps with that to where you can just see the devices from anywhere in the room and know, okay, all the shelves are filled. Perfect. Instead of having to try to look through a box and see if at the end of each period things are returned. Another thing that becomes um, costly is screen replacement and cord replacement and things that um, the tech directors are really spending a lot of time, you know, replacing screens and uh, replacing cords in these carts and storage solutions. And so making sure that you have effective cable management. I mean, cords get shorted out and kids are pulling on things and you know, they tend to be the hardest user on these things and they're grabbing their devices and it creates tension on the cord, which creates power brick failures and things like that. So you really want to make sure that you're managing those cords effectively. And then obviously device replacement. If you, um, when you're grabbing devices out of certain storage solutions, the device, I never realized this. I mean, I should have because I was a waitress for all these years, but your wrist is actually not that strong. So when you grab a device and it's laying in a vertical slot and you pull it out, it's really hard for your, to, for your wrist to support that. But when they're laying horizontal and you grab it out, you have a lot more wrist strength and it's a lot easier for somebody much younger. I mean, you think some of these kids could be kindergartners trying to grab a device out. And so the, the dropping issue is obviously something to think, to think about when you're picking a storage solution. So let's talk about that solution. Uh, what does a quality storage solution look like that addresses all of these issues? Because I know there are a lot on the market and um, you know, a lot have different different features and bells and whistles that either charge faster or are, are green or have some kind of, um, you know, implementation into a larger IT framework. You know, what what does a school district really need out of their charging and device management solution to not only protect their investment, but reduce time spent in the classroom, manage space efficiently, and just create a better environment for the students and the teacher? Yeah, I think um, essentially you really do get what you pay for. You know, you want to make sure that there's not any plastic components. They tend to break. You know, we've had locks break and uh, wheels get stuck and break. And a lot of our customers have seen that, you know, plastic really isn't something that can withstand years of abuse from students. And so we ended up, um, PowerGistics has a, has a lifetime warranty on their towers and there's no plastic components. And so it, it's lightweight because it's aluminum, which also is a lower carbon footprint and all of those good things. But you definitely want to make sure that form follows function. A lot of um, the non-vertical solutions are, have people bending down and, you know, it's just the ease of use. It doesn't, it doesn't streamline the effectiveness of deployment. It also doesn't help with the maintenance of things. Um, and having easy access to, you know, the cords, the students aren't having to pull and 
having the device slots, making sure that each cord is dedicated to one device. Otherwise, you get a lot of crisscrossed cables, and then teachers will literally have to go through and unplug all of them just to fit one more device in where it's supposed to go. Um, I think providing something that is zero maintenance is needed after installation. I mean, rewiring of laptop carts is no longer necessary if you have, uh, like, PowerGistics, for instance, has the cables all night nicely nestled into the back. And then the IT director is able to access the back with a key that's separate keyed from the front. So the teacher only really has to worry about the front being unlocked at the end of the day. And the students manage the deployment from there on out. And then it just takes one person to turn the lock at the end of the day. So it's all 100% student managed, which means, you know, you're not wasting a ton of time on the teacher's uh, day, which we know that they definitely don't have a lot of time on their free time on their hands. And looking at, you know, the issue with checking devices in and also making sure they're ready for the next day, you do have a lot of cord issues with the slots being, you know, at all kind of tightly nestled against each other to where the cords can actually go to different devices and they're not a, a shelf that is dedicated for that device. So PowerGistics has that pinch point cable management, which also protects the cord and the, the replacement on that, but it also helps guide students to only be able to use that cord for that device, which definitely resolves a ton of issues. You know, you won't have to redo the whole card at the end of the day because one device wasn't put back properly and all the cords are intermingled. You'll also have teachers at um, different levels. You know, elementary teachers love our colored shelves because they're able to say, okay, red group, go get your devices or blue group, go get your devices. And then students know I'm the third red shelf or I'm the second blue shelf. And it really helps just speed up deployment time, which effectively just creates more instructional time throughout the year. And it really adds up. I mean, PowerGistics has done a couple studies with um, our customers and they've been able to regain, you know, several weeks back into the class time just due to effective transitions and creating those habits with the students where they go grab their device, they sit down during transition time and there's no instructional time wasted. Well, I mean, yeah, I can see why that adds up, especially if we go back to that 30 minutes a day figure that you tossed out earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, if, if teachers are really spending 30 minutes either at the end or the beginning of the day organizing uh, all of the devices and making sure they're ready for deployment for the rest of the day, I mean, even just within a couple weeks, you've already got a full day's worth of time that was wasted on uh, on just organizing devices, which is, you know, it's crazy how quickly that adds up. Yeah, and even just the deployment in between class time, you know, when students come in every single day and they're changing classes or when we're ready to set up, you know, a project that we are going to use our Chromebooks for or something, they can deploy out in minutes without um, having the congestion at one area. Usually we do, you know, for optimal time savings, we have multiple towers in each classroom so that there's two spots. So you kind of split the herd and then there's even, you know, more time savings just because students are able to access it very quickly as opposed to having a bottleneck and kind of a traffic jam. Another point you brought up was um, that the IT department has their own key and their own access to the back of these carts and these towers, um, and that streamlines things for them. Uh, I think this is a really important point because, you know, it's not like school districts have manpower to spare, especially when it comes to IT departments. They're typically um, thinly staffed or understaffed, 
and you know they need to deal with IT issues for the entire school and in some cases for the entire district. How does having a a solid, seamless solution like a um, you know a reliable charging tower make things more efficient for IT departments to manage the use of these devices and make sure they're they're safe, et cetera? Yeah, I think um, you definitely want something that checks all the boxes. Whether it's you know does it allow for over the air programming? Does it is it versatile? You know, having something that's device agnostic and then also that can change with time, you know, having something that evolves. We know that there's, you know, teachers that some people would have it be a stationary solution. Some people want it to be um, on a roller. You know, you you definitely need to provide a solution that evolves, especially with the kind of changing of the guards, you know, as teachers move in and out of different classrooms or different schools. Um, you definitely want to make sure that your investment is going to evolve with your needs. And so the IT staff having that backdoor, they've always said that bricks and chargers go missing. You know, when somebody forgets a charger, they'll end up taking it out of, you know, a traditional storage solution to where there's really no security measurements. And so, and, you know, it adds up when you've got thousands of kids at each school, a couple power bricks here and there every week. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that there is a secure solution for that. And then also, you know, at the end of the day, locking them up. I know that there's a lot of after-school activities and things like that. So you definitely don't want to risk having a security issue there as well. So just to kind of wrap things up and pull away from ed tech a little bit, I think we've really established why having a solid um, device management solution is so important for efficiency in the classroom. But we're also seeing this trend make its way to the business world, the corporate world. Um you know, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the trend of BYOD devices, but it could be seen as a response to some of the issues that come with a BYOD environment, uh, i.e. people leaving <laughs> their device at home and now getting to work and not having something to uh, to spend their day on. Now they have to commute all the way back, get that, or it's a day lost. Um, those kinds of issues, plus issues of devices breaking and then now um, employees being out an entire device for however long are being solved with these device management solutions and sort of a, a shared device system. Tell me a little bit about how you're seeing um, these towers and this trend of a shared device solution make its way into the business world. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, with the increasing importance of portability and convenience in the workplace and flexibility, more and more businesses are opting to have laptops as their primary device for um, their employees. And so sometimes when these laptops remain at home or get left, um, you know, on the other side of the country because of a business trip or somebody spills coffee on it, there is a lot of downtime that, you know, goes into, okay, so now I got to contact my IT guy and beg him to fix my laptop so that I can get back online and start working again. Um, Google actually has created like a frictionless experience for employees to get them to kind of check out loaner Chromebooks and get back to work in time without even having a lot of downtime. That downtime adds up. And so they have a self-service sign-in with Chrome Enterprise so they use all Chromebooks and our towers, and it's just 24-hour access. They actually don't have a door on the front. So it's they're not worried about security, but they're just worried about all the downtime that's left um, when there are workers that have, you know, obviously lost their device or left it somewhere or that there is some issues. 
So we've seen it, you know, work with um, businesses that have shift workers where there are share devices like healthcare or call centers um, or remote workers when they work outside or frequently need to just um, work from home and at the office. Sometimes you lose your laptop um, in one place, you leave it one place or the other. And then also um, frontline workers who only need devices for like short periods of time for like training or maybe just doing inventory. Um, there definitely can be a solution with this Google Grab and Go program. They've implemented it in their um, offices all around the world. And so now they're kind of rolling it out to help other enterprise businesses save time and just going beyond just the employee who's, you know, working at their desk and all of that. But it also helps the IT team's time that's spent on repairs and replacement when they could be focusing on, you know, more strategic initiatives. Yeah, I mean, if it's saving time and money at a school, I can only imagine how that can exponentially grow when you're looking at a, a company as large as Google or some other enterprise uh, business. I mean, you're you're solving issues for a workforce of thousands, and that goes a really long way um, and can add up on the time and the money front pretty quickly. Yeah, it definitely adds to the bottom line. Yeah, for sure. So last question for you to kind of wrap things up, put a little bow on everything. What do you think this emphasis on shared device and investing in devices in the workplace, in the classroom, uh, what kind of effect do you think that's going to have on the future of, of workflow in the classroom and in the workplace? Um, do you think this is going to create more opportunities for uh, collaboration? Uh, do you think that this is going to create more opportunities for businesses like Powergistics to enter new markets and to help develop new ways for these devices to be used? Uh, you know, I guess what what is what are some of the ripple effects that you see from this trend um, taking hold in all of these industries? Yeah, I think the integration of technology in the classroom and in businesses is definitely going to um, continue to happen as things evolve. And, you know, we've seen it anywhere from healthcare where doctors are now using um, phones to check um, almost as like an x-ray within, you know, the cardiovascular system and checking for blood clots and things like that. And then you've also got them using mobile devices at nurses stations and things like that. I mean, it's across any vertical, you'll see all of these trends starting to pick up because it does help with efficiencies and it helps with communication, which is normally a huge breakdown. And it also is having a central location for all of the, you know, content that everybody's checking into, whether it's, you know, students handing in a paper or it's businesses with a CRM or accessing customer information online. I think that that's just going to keep um, evolving and in mobile devices are probably going to become the norm for almost any line of business. And I'm sure that's exciting for Powergistics too, to be part of that trend uh, that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Yeah, it is exciting, you know, seeing every single time I go out to eat and I see a iPad, I'm like, ooh, I wonder where they're charging it or when we go right. to the hospital. It's like, okay, where are they putting all their devices? You know, you start to just see that it's everywhere and it's all around us. So, you know, creating these smart, effective solutions is, it's really rewarding for us because we know that we're helping people overcome barriers that otherwise would just be kind of the pain point of their day. Right. 
exactly. It's solving the little interactions, which then build up to large benefits. Yes, definitely. Yeah, love that. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, giving us your perspective on this future of of the shared device in the classroom, in the workplace, and what this means for companies like Powergistics that are providing the, the tower solutions to help charge, manage, and keep these investments safe. It was a pleasure getting to chat with you today, and I'm looking forward to bringing you back onto the podcast soon. Great. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for having us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. And you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.